0: everyone oh my goodness we are back and it feels so good welcome to 2018 and the rb1 colon fantasy football podcast brought to you by fake teams it's been so long since i've said that i am your humble host pete rogers joined as always by just clark barnes just clark barnes how was not only your week vacation but your christmas your holiday your whole nine yards and new year it was
1: fantastic, Pete. I got to go see the family for a few days, uh, pop in and pop out. Everybody's doing well. I'm surviving the Arctic blast of cold air down here in Texas. I live in Austin, where it simply does not freeze, and we are making it. Uh, so I am doing great. Ready, Dude, ready is... to
0: get some padding. Ready to get some Um This whole... It... It's about to be a, an apocalyptic snowstorm up here. Evidently the whole world is like shit in their pants right now. Currently about this, this, and I say the whole world, I really mean the East coast. And obviously, I mean, so you guys are, it's super cold down town. I haven't been up to date with all of the weather because I mean, just on the East coast, I know that basically, I know my fiance is not working tomorrow cause they're shutting down all the buildings because Boston's supposed to be hit by a, a giant frigid blizzard hurricane death storm. Um, which, if it doesn't actually live up to its full potential, I'm going to be pretty pissed, because I just waited like an hour and 45 minutes at a Whole Foods to buy groceries. Pete,
1: so I'm a closet slash, I guess not closet prepper, because I'm saying it on the podcast. I grew up on the coast where we have hurricanes hit all of the time, and I am in the firm belief of if you just spend $50 when everyone's not panicking, you can survive for two weeks in case the power goes out or things like this happening. So this has been a real high time for my mindset down here in Austin. It froze for like two days with no rain and people are freaking out. <laughs> like, <laughs> the world Closed down over. our call center. There's people are trying to figure out like, how do I get to work? And I keep telling everybody like we have VPN and you have a laptop. So come to work. What the F is the matter with you? But, uh, yeah, so lesson learned. Pete, just have two weeks worth of food and water put away in your – pantry. It's not going to go bad. You'll we'll always it. be able to eat it. And then you don't have to rush out to Costco with all the other ill-prepared mofos out there when a potential little disaster comes. Disaster
0: Cito is what I like to call Disaster-cito, it. Disaster That's fair. Um, yeah. It makes me remember it was a while back and I'm sure I've already mentioned this on the podcast at some point because it's one of my favorite like winter freakout stories of all time. It was like five years ago. I think Atlanta got like an inch of snow during the day And just people just stopped, like highways just stopped. People just stopped in the highway, got out of their cars and were just like freaking out over an inch of snow, which is just such a preposterous notion to me to freak out over an inch of snow. But hey, you know? Yeah. So
1: I'm going to, we're going to go into this for a second here. So I understand for you Yankees up there, an inch of snow is like, oh, inch of snow, you should know better. But you have to understand in the South, this never happens. So when it's an inch of snow, people don't have snow tires. We don't have emergency services set up for this. So we are clueless. It's like when there's a heat wave going on through Boston and it's like 95 for four days in a row. I understand, like, no, man, y'all aren't set up for that. Like, if you don't have air conditioning in every building that exists and you're not ready for that, that's a big thing. So don't make fun of your northern, southern, eastern, western brothers for not being able to uh, get through the weather. Just understand, like, this is shocking to us. Like, I had to drip my faucets. Holy shit.
0: Holy (laughs) shit. Whoever knew that was a thing. Um, That's weird. So... Welcome to the weather podcast where we're just going to be one colon weather podcast. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, You know, maybe, maybe we uh, talk a little football. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah. So even though there's no, even though the fantasy season is over, I mean, let's be honest, you guys, your Christmas break was great. I'm sure all of our, all of our uh, avid listeners, but you know, it wasn't just fantastic because it didn't have Clark and I talking to you. You weren't listening to our melodious voices. You didn't get to hear all about Week Seventeen. Um, so, what we decided is we decided, hey, you know what? We want to keep making these. Who cares if the fantasy season's over? We can still talk football. We can still talk fun stuff and and all of that jazz. And you know, maybe we get into other avenues of of uh, of discussions and whatnot I and mean, we just spent the first five minutes talking about uh, the weather between different the coast and the south so yeah, you know, there you go
1: what i'd like to do and we'll broach this on the live on the podcast is i know we're a fantasy football podcast but i also enjoy real football so we can talk that occasionally and then everybody knows the fantasy season never ends So once we get through the playoffs, and even during the playoffs, we can start talking drafts next year. What we're thinking about for the upcoming actual NFL draft, we'll just talk.
0: We'll just talk football all year, man. Yeah, all year. And you know what? Hey, it's a fantasy football podcast. Maybe we put some emphasis on the fantasy. You know, maybe we talk some uh, fantastical realms in which uh, different beasts exist. Yeah, who's who says says no? We're gonna put that in the maybe pile, (laughs) and then we'll. We'll chat
1: about that, but uh, everybody knows. uh, So I I just found this out that my fantasy league, the fantastic site who hosted the MFL tens, which is one of my favorite drafts. It's a best ball draft you can do in the off season, Uh, slow draft. You put in 10 bucks, the winner gets a hundred bucks. And then second gets uh, just an entry fee into next year. They've recently moved over to fan ball. So as much as I'm, disappointed that my fantasy league has sold that part of their business to fanball really interested in doing next year's fantasy draft. I would already be doing slow drafts for next year. So that's the mindset of the hosts that you have on the podcast. And if that's your mindset, well then keep tuning in guys. We're going to bring it to you all off season. I'm doing air quotes for
0: you people watching the podcast all off season. We're going to be talking fantasy. So yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so let's uh, let's jump right into it. You know, let's 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 talk about some football. Let's talk. Let's start with the news. Um, We have a couple bullet points to to chat about of things that have occurred over the break. Uh, The biggest thing, I guess you could say the biggest thing. Uh, Carson Palmer and Bruce Arians are retiring, uh, which is obviously a hit to the Cardinals. You're losing a starting quarterback uh, and obviously a head coach, which is you know not great, uh, especially since the Cardinals have really no backup quarterback in the wings. So shocker, I wonder who they're going to be taking with their first overall pick. Now, my question to you, Clark is, does this, does this spark Larry Fitz to also hang up the Jersey or does he now kind of try to push himself out of Arizona um in the final years of his career to try to get one last grasp at a at the Super Bowl ring. I don't know, that's really interesting.
1: I think that he's he seems willing to play another year, but I don't think he's going to do it for a garbage team. So I think what we're going to see is whether or not the Cardinals let him go. And if they do, we'll be in hopefully a brighter spot than we were for guys like Andre Johnson and some of the older like absolute Hall of Famer wide receivers who want to go to a contender, i.e. the Patriots. But we just don't know. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is a very bright guy. It seems like he's a deep thinker, so it's hard to tell what he's going to do. And that's the fun thing about the offseason is we get to speculate about what's going to happen for seven months. Um, Exactly. I hope he comes back, but I do hope that he goes to another team because the Cardinals don't have a quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going anywhere. Uh, we actually on uh, FakeTeams dot com have a pretty interesting article, I think, up about some of the writers talking oh. about the good one hundred one. Good oh. plug. I mean, I've been drinking. I'm feeling very smooth <laughs> here. So
0: feeling very uh selfish. Right. We, we have an article
1: for who everybody thinks the one oh one is gonna be. And one of our writers had uh, I believe it was Patty, who's like clearly just based on pick percentage is like the smartest. It's writer.
0: true. Dude knows his shit.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and he's Irish, which makes me feel great as an American, that an Irishman knows more about American football than me. Um anyway, good for him. And uh, and and his pick is David Johnson for the one oh one. And I can get behind that because it's one of those if you feel like they're going to have to lean on who clearly is going to be their best offensive player, then absolutely David Johnson is going to get 500 touches and he's going to be amazing. Cause we know he has the skills, but then there's the other argument of if there's no one else, can defenses right. just sell out and stop him? So this is what I love about the off season. As much as I love the actual fantasy season, the run up to next year's draft is also so much fun to chat about.
0: It's awesome. Uh, so we tweeted out from the Fake Teams account. Uh, What's your bold, boldest sports prediction for 2018? And there is a cardinal theme uh, response, which I actually kind of liked. And that, and this is from. Let me make sure I uh, give props to where it's due. Uh, at the Happy Recap, Eli Manning led Cardinals team wins the Super Bowl. Manning and Fitz right off into the sunset together. Oh, that's so cute. Those are the kind of predictions that I like to make. I'm not going to I mean, it would it would crush me in my soul to see Eli win another Super Bowl and then people again re like restart the debate as to whether or not Eli Manning's a Hall of Fame quarterback with three Super Bowls. Maybe you can make that argument, but yeah. but anyways, but I would love to see I would love to see Fitzgerald win a Super Bowl because he of all the humans in the NFL is one of the greatest by far.
1: I'm with you. I I would like to see a good quarterback go to Arizona. Maybe we get uh, some hot new coordinator going with an old veteran quarterback into Arizona. And that would be if Eli went to Arizona, I think I would move David Johnson ahead of who I picked was Kareem Hunt. So all the hate mail that's at NFL Clark, let me know why I'm so stupid. Uh, that would move David Johnson up if they just get a competent quarterback mm-hmm. back in Arizona, and they give me anything interesting as a head coach and offensive coordinator tandem. Then I think Arizona is right back in it. But that is the biggest question in football: of if you could just get a competent right. starting quarterback. Oh well, well, yeah, no totally kidding. Yeah, right. I mean, that'd be fifteen
0: teams in the league would be happy about that. Right. Let's move on in the news. Uh, Marvin Lewis somehow still has a job in Cincinnati. Uh, Wait, are you serious? Have you not heard? You, are you, you just no. been radio silence? Pete, I have been completely intentionally out of the loop for two weeks. Oh, yeah. Marvin Lewis still has a job. Uh, this is how bulletproof Marvin Lewis him. is. The fact that he literally can say that he is no longer coaching football, and yet somehow at the end of the season, the Cincinnati Bagels give him a two-year deal. And guess what? He's coaching again. G- good for it's him. It's amazing.
1: God, good for I'm happy exactly, for you. I'm happy exactly. for you.
0: Like – and I saw this also on Twitter, and I, I, can't, I can't bring up the tweet enough to give him uh, to give credit where credits due, but it was someone basically saying that if you ever if he ever found a genie, he would rub the lamp, the genie would come out and he'd wish for Marvin Lewis's job security. because there's, there is no one in, in a world where you can get fired from for a bad season. Jim to, not Jim uh, who was the head coach for the 49ers with the mustache? Oh, God damn it. Tom Tomlinson. I don't know. Anyway, Jim Tomsula. Tom Sula, Tom Tom Sula. Yeah. He, got, he played down. one season coached one season, got fired and, yet and Marvin Lewis several more games than he should have when he did it. And Marvin Lewis somehow has been coaching the bagels for 16 seasons. Oh, job security at its finest.
1: I mean, there's something to be said for stability and Marvin Lewis is the opposite argument of there's something to be said for change. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly um since we're talking well, I about guess
1: because uh, they would have to fire most of the people on the roster because they're criminals
0: do you think that's why they I think that's why are keeping them and I think there's a lot of skeletons buried under Marvin Lewis's bed
1: take that pac man Jones
0: um since we're talking about coaches let's quickly play a game that I like to call the sexiest head coaching gigs in the NFL. Here are the head coaches, coaches who have been fired so far. Uh, John Fox from the Chicago Bears. He left with a 14-34 and 34 record over three seasons with the team. Jim Caldwell fired from the Detroit Lions. Lions finished the season 97 for the second straight year, uh, and yet Caldwell still got fired. Chuck Pagano, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Pagano went 53-48 and 48 in Indianapolis. Obviously, the injury to Andrew Luck was his ultimate demise.
1: But I also hear that that record includes the Bruce Arians season. When
0: right, Pagano right. was under the weather. <laughs> we'll say, well, I mean, he was battling cancer. That the dude was a champion. Uh, well, but yes, yeah, yes. I mean, those, those Pagano. Are, but it's not like he was freaking calling the plays or anything. Right, exactly. Those are technically Arians' wins. That's that's legit. Uh, ben McAdoo, obviously, for the New York Giants, finished 13 and 15 with the record for the Giants' head coach Jack Del Rio for Oakland. Now, this one, for the purposes of this game, you can, you can. So obviously, this game is all about who, as a coordinator, would you want to coach for. You can pick the Raiders if you want. It's pretty locked in that the only reason they fired Jack Del Rio is because John Gruden's coming out of retirement to coach them.
1: Yeah, seems like
0: it. Yeah, that's basically a done deal. And then finally, uh, Bruce Arians, we talked about the opening show. Arizona Cardinals, he's retired. He's leaving the team with a 49-30-1 and and uh, mark for a five-year run that included a pair of playoff appearances. So good for them. Um, So my question to you, Clark, is if you are an offensive or defensive coordinator in the NFL, uh, which team would you most like to coach?
1: So I am also assuming that the Raiders job is going to go to Gruden and he's going to be head coach and OC, even if he hires someone as OC to just kind of manage the boys on offense. So I'm saying Indianapolis offense is absolutely the best situation in the NFL that's open, at least from that list that you've put out there. I know Andrew Luck has been a little disappointing, but as someone who's followed the AFC South very closely, I don't think Andrew Luck has been disappointing because of a lack of talent. I think he's been disappointing because there was a defensive-minded head coach in there who just had no idea how to run an offense. So if you have a job, where you get one of the best young quarterback prospects in the league. And I know we like to like decide after three years whether or not someone's a bum sure. or not, and I don't like to do that. You can get Andrew Luck as your quarterback, and you have two or three years to turn that team around in literally the worst division in football. Yeah, Indianapolis is. I hate to say it, Indianapolis is definitely the best coaching
0: position. Of Just the imagine, league. imagine. I mean, look at the, the job that Sean McVay did in LA with Jared Goff. Imagine if you have someone like that, like Josh McDaniels, Jack, Josh McDaniels is a name that's been thrown around a lot that, that the Colts are definitely interested in bringing in. Imagine Josh McDaniels working with a talent like Andrew Luck. Like that's a Bring Bruce Arians back. Let's yeah. to
1: the Cardinals or the Colts, whatever. Colts. I've been drinking.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, for me, and this might sound ridiculous. Uh, the sexiest gig in the NFL, uh, Detroit lions. That's where I'm going because twofold one I love coaching for a team that has zero expectations literally if you have any kind of playoff success you are suddenly uh, a god in Detroit um I like bringing I like bringing life to a once dead franchise the Colts have have won a Super Bowl they can you know they can go deal with themselves uh Detroit, you don't have a lot of expectations heaped on you. You still got yourself. Matt Stafford is a top 15 quarterback. You're not needy at the quarterback position. I think that offense is all you need is just some semblance of a running game. Go get yourself a legit running back. You've got Marvin Jones and Golden Tate in that off-passing attack. Eric Ebron's finally developing. And then on the defensive side, I mean, I think you need to get someone in my, my love. I would love Matt Patricia here. I would love, I mean, let me just keep talking about Patriots coordinators going out and, uh, (laughs) and uh, taking the NFL by storm. But, but if you put a defensive coach defensive minded coach in there and really kind of build up that defense, I don't know. I just think that that is, it's a nice landing spot uh, where you maybe don't have this world of expectations heaped upon you and uh, you can kind of do what you want. Uh,
1: I like Detroit as the number two, because I think Matthew Stafford, like you said, is a great quarterback. And if you are a good coach who can manage personnel after a couple of years by having a real quarterback, you should have a not just a playoff contending team, but a Super Bowl contending team. And I'm not a huge Matthew Stafford fan, but he's absolutely a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And that's enough. Yeah. So if you can just sort of string together a defense with bubble gum and duct tape with Marvin Jones and golden Tate, and I, I still believe in Amir Abdul and that may be my downfall. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Detroit job is very good. Pox to all of that, like no expectations, the expectations of every NFL team is Fair. other
0: than the Browns is to win um, the Super Bowl. The Browns or be. the Bengals since clearly Marvin Martin oh, Lewis God. just doesn't have any expectations thrust upon him. But yeah, I like that. I mean, and
1: especially the idea of getting a defensive-minded coach in there to establish a running game with Matthew Stafford as just the you know auxiliary, excellent quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's also very interesting. Yeah, if you look at this list, and then we can and we'll move on to a wild card. We'll preview the wild card. Uh, but if you look at this list, Chicago Bears, you're working with Mitch Trubisky. Detroit Lions, you've got Matt Stafford. That's you're 100% sold at the quarterback. Yes, you have Andrew Luck at the Indianapolis Colts. He's missed a full season on a shoulder that has not fully repaired properly. And so you don't, you're hoping that he's 100% healthy and, and looks just the same as always, but you're not sold. Uh, you're not sure. New York Giants, Eli's done and you've got no one behind him. Oakland Raiders is basically John Gruden's gig, but you got Derek Carr. Carr's looking
1: good. So, like, yes, if we weren't so sure right. John, if Gruden John Gruden, was Gruden wasn't coming, job. Get, it was
0: basically written in stone. And then Arizona Cardinals have no one at quarterback. So, of all of those teams, it might sound preposterous to say that I'm more comfortable in Matt Stafford than Andrew Luck going into next year. But I don't know. I mean, if if I'm if I'm resting my head coaching gig on on uh, on one quarterback, I I would honest, I there would be a, a good part of me that would lean towards Matt Stafford simply just because I'm not I don't want another season where I'm struggling with Andrew Luck to get healthy and Jim Harisay's expectations and all of that jazz.
1: My last little curveball that I will throw into that is Matthew Stafford also started his career with several injuries and missed a lot of time. And I think, from the best of what I've seen of both quarterbacks, I would rather take my chances with Andrew Luck. And what you have in Indianapolis is also ownership that has shown they will stick with a guy for a Fair. long time. Pagano <laughs> survived for what, six years? Uh, yeah. Writing mainly on the back of Bruce Arians being the coolest coach in football for (laughs) sure. But then also an amazing shot caller as a coach. So I don't know. I I think we're splitting hairs here. I I think the Detroit job is great. And I think the Indianapolis job, as long as you have a couple of years,
0: that's also great
1: because the offense is fine but their defense is just it is really bad
0: yeah i mean ultimately it doesn't matter because mike mccarthy is going to get fired and everyone's going to want the packers gig so there you go
1: oh yeah those packers beat writers thought that they would get some time off but no 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 no, packers this
0: is the you didn't make the playoffs
1: offseason this is
0: everyone's getting the axe um excellent well let's preview let's go into a wild card preview uh we've got four games on the horizon this week Uh, we got titans at the chiefs falcons at the rams Bills at the Jaguars, uh, and Panthers at the Saints. Um, So what we figured is we would do, obviously, just a quick little preview of each game, but to make things all the more exciting, all the more interesting, to really get ourselves emotionally, physically, uh, uh, economically invested into this, Clark and I are going to be making beer bets. Cheers, I'll drink to that, bro. Simple thing. We're each going to put out... You know, a bold prediction or some sort of kind of, you know, thought that we think is going to happen in this game or in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and if the other believes that that will not happen, we will take them up on it. Uh, if, you know, the loser then has to buy the other a beer whenever we meet up or maybe via the interwebs. Who knows? There's such things called a, 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 a Vimeo? No, Pete. We, uh, have or, to or, meet.
1: Or, we have to meet up. I know you're about to get yeah. married. Part. We'll of have to the, do part of your trip to the Bahamas or the Caribbean or whatever Southern destination you're going to come through Austin. I have a spare bedroom. I would love to show you and your old lady a good time. Great food, great beer, good people. Or I will go to Boston, which I said I have no interest in ever doing in my life, (laughs) but I will. Because, you know, sometimes if you go outside your comfort zone, you're surprised. So yeah. maybe hey, Boston's okay. Well,
0: there at some point in the history and the future of RB1 Podcast, there will be a live in the same location recording. I assure you of that. I'm in. There, there you go. go. Passport will travel. Hey, if you listeners don't want to stick around for that, I don't know what else you can stick around for. Yeah. Um, Let's start with what I think is probably going to be the least exciting game of the wild card uh, weekend. The Titans at the chiefs, which I believe is Saturday afternoon. Um, I just think that the Titans are going to be so boring on offense. This is just not a great season for Marcus Mariota, 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Um, and the Titans defense, their pass defense is 24th per DVOA. Meanwhile, Andy Reid and the chiefs finally got back on track, you know, Tyreek Hill has been a, a monster in the passing game. Alex Smith is finally throwing the ball back downfield. Um, and this is the scary thing. This is the fact that the Titans are dead last against running backs in the passing game. So Kareem Hunt's probably going to have a goddamn field day. Uh, I just don't see, I don't really see a way in which the Titans make this a challenging game.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. So I watched the Titans all year and i even though in my mid-season prediction article, I said that the Titans would defeat the Jaguars in the wild card cool. round, unfortunately the Titans are playing the Chiefs. I see this. Uh, oh God, this hurts me to say. Reticent of the Chiefs when they won like six hundred and fifteen to zero against the Texans. Yep. That one year, uh, I'm calling the game at Titans ten, Chiefs twenty four, uh, just because I think Derrick Henry will like. Somehow it's like AJ Green getting into the wide end open. Yeah. Eight times a year. Like everybody forgets to guard AJ Green. <laughs> so I feel like Derrick Henry is just going to have one of those runs where, like, somehow
0: Everyone they sold just out to, to stop the him. run
1: and they ran the other way. And Derrick Henry's 6'5, 280 pounds, but he's faster than everybody else. Which so is preposterous. Absurd. So 80 yard touchdown for him. And that's going to be all for the Titans. Uh, so I. I so surprised to see the Titans make the playoffs. They beat the Browns 12 to nine. Oh. They lost to the Cardinals 12 to seven. Uh, and now the, the Titans did beat the Seahawks and they played the Rams tight at 27 to 24. But this Titans team is the type of team that sneaks into the playoffs. And then they are quickly ushered out Massacre. by the better team. Yep. So I, I just have no hope for
0: the Titans here. And this leads no. perfectly into my first beer bet. Um, after this depressing, demoralizing loss, Mike Malarkey eh, gets the axe, gets fired. He's out of Tennessee at the end of this, uh, At this, after this loss. I'll take you on that. I don't think okay. that that's going to happen. I think that the Titans are pleased as punch that they've
1: made it into the playoffs. So he's given himself, unfortunately, another couple of years to just torture us What's with Marcus Mariota and oh, those God.
0: beautiful, tall,
1: big, lanky, fast, wide receivers.
0: Corey Good Davis backfield. doesn't have a touchdown this season. How do? You, how does Corey Davis not have a touchdown this season?
1: I held on to Corey Davis all year because I picked him like ninth in a league where you have to like draft and keep the person all year, mm-hmm. hoping that you will be right that Mike Markey will lose his job and that someone will tell Marcus Mariota twice a game throw the ball to Corey Davis just
0: down the field. On it to him. Just just throw it to him. He'll catch it. So I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but I'll take
1: you on that bet. Awesome. In keeping with the theme of all of the games that we've played so far this year, I understood the rules that you outlined, (laughs) and I'm going to do something different. Perfect. I love it. So I have three mild to spicy takes that I'm going to lay out here, and I will put a beer on any of them. You pick the one that you want to do. Perfect. So my predictions first is that the Chiefs win 24 to 10, specifically. Okay. Second is Hunt leads all rushers. Mild. I understand. And Delaney Walker leads all wide receivers,
0: all pass catchers in this game. Which one of those would you like as our beer bell? Oh, I'm forward? taking I'm taking Delaney Walker leads all pass catchers. All right. Are you including do you include running backs and pass catchers, or is it just tight ends wide receivers? In receiving yards, Delaney yeah. Walker
1: yeah. leads all players in receiving
0: yards. I'm taking the field. I put that in twice. Mm, look at him, like a him. that's a spicy take. Uh, that spicy is a spicy spice. take. That is a spicy take. I like it. I like it. I like the cojones. Because because I think this game is going to be incredibly boring,
1: and I think the only thing that Marcus Mariota is allowed to do in that offense is to throw the ball accidentally to Delaney Walker six times, and he's just amazing.
0: <laughs> he is. He's very good.
1: Uh, ageless wonder. I mean, I know Antonio Gates is Great, and I don't want to disparage him. And I know Vernon Davis is also kind of late career renaissance, but Delaney Walker ran back a kick for a touchdown.
0: People forget about that. Mm, that was old man yells at class. Old man Barnes! Old Man Barnes coming hot. Old man Barnes coming in hot. Uh let's move on. Can you believe this, Clark? The Rams are a playoff team with a home game. Uh, the Falcons will be traveling to LA to take on the Los Angeles Rams. And I wish, I mean, talk about beer bets. I wish I had the cojones to have called the Rams a playoff game to start the season. Um, That would have won me plenty of beers for the, for the Rams. This is just, I mean, this offense is all around Todd Gurley who's been playing out of his mind coming into the playoffs. I saw a stat uh, that 25% of Todd Gurley's fantasy points he scored in the last two games of the season, which is just, like mind blowingly preposterous to me. Um, but so Gurley is amazing. I'm very curious to see what Sean McVay comes up with because I think Sean McVay, much like how very good coaches, I mean, I'll obviously reference the Patriots because I just, that's the team that I watch all the time. But <clears throat> good teams, good coaches will have wrinkles that they'll instill in their offense just for the playoffs. Like it'll be like one kind of trick play the Julian Edelman pass to Danny Amendola against the Ravens, like one kind of just like big trick play that if it works, suddenly just completely swings the momentum of the game.
1: And I mean, in comparison, uh, Bill Belichick has a ton more wrinkles than
0: Sean yes. McVay. Right. Just as a person, just as a person. I mean, Sean McVay is 30 some odd years old, which he is, is tight. He's tight <laughs> like a toy guy. Yeah. um, so I'm curious to see what Mave comes up with, because uh, I think I think he's probably going to have like one or two very well-developed plays in his playbook. I mean, just think of the speed that he's got. You've got Todd Gurley, Tavon Austin, Sammy Watkins. I mean, what can – who? Uh, there's so much you could do with that, and I I just want to see what he does. Yeah, I, I feel like this game's going to be pretty disappointing.
1: So I've got Ooh, Falcon spicy. 17, Rams 20. Uh, and this is a, a tough call because the Rams haven't looked – Super gangbusters at the end of the year, and and really neither have the Falcons. Like I know they came on late and won a bunch of games, but they haven't looked really good. Uh, So I think in a game where both teams come out looking sluggish, I think the Rams just have a little bit more than the Falcons. It's it's really me guessing what what team wants it less. Okay, and I'm just counting on the Falcons on the road in L.A to be that team.
0: I just don't trust the Falcons at all. They have right. had their, they've had yeah. their highs this year, but they are just, Oh my God. They've been all over the place this season. They refuse to feature their best players.
1: Right. Which is and and me. Baffles. Why do you not get Julio Jones and Devonte Freeman, the ball all the time? It's I, I don't get it. And, that, and that's their downfall. Their defense is coming on and I don't think they're a bad team. I think if they pull their poop in a group later, they'll be good I next like year. That. But I'm just, I, I, I've just been so baffled by their offensive calls this year that I think that they just struggle on the road and they lose barely. So my hot takes to mild takes, where y- y'all be the judge, is I've got Julio under 50 yards receiving. Totally believe that. I've got Matt Ryan throws two picks. Okay. Specifically two picks. Yep. Devonta Freeman gets both Falcons touchdowns. Okay. Or Todd Gurley gets 170 plus yards from scrimmage.
0: Oh, the thing is, is I can see all of those things happening. And my my beer bet was going to be around Devonte Adams because I mean, not Devonte Adams, Devonta Freeman, because the Rams' pass defense is third best in the NFL per DVOA, but their run yeah, defense good corners, good corners, thir- right? And their run defense isn't great. Their run defense is 22nd, and so I do think that this is a Devonta Freeman game. So I could easily see him scoring their two touchdowns. I was going to actually even say – I was going to go really, really balls to the wall and tell you that uh, Devonta Freeman was going to be – was going to have more of total yards from scrimmage than Todd Gurley. Ooh, I
1: like that one. I'll take you up on that one.
0: I figured you'd take me on that.
1: Let's do that bet. I okay. got it. I'll take. Did you want Devontae or Todd Gurley? I got I'll take Devontae going to have more
0: okay. yards from scrimmage than to Todd Gurley. All
1: right, I'll take Todd Gurley. I think that's an
0: easy win for me. All right, good I talk. think that is an easy win for you. But if I win this, I'm going to look like a goddamn genius. Um, yeah, because your your other four, I like all four of those. I could see all four of those playing out very well. Good job. Except for the Todd Gurley thing. But I guess I've already made my bet on that. So I mean, I guess I'm we're... not just pretty, Pete. You know? Yeah, you're, you're a smart, intelligent man. Uh, let's go on to maybe the Cinderella story of the playoffs. And maybe pe- many people have been talking about how this wild card weekend is going to suck because, you know, the Titans and the Bills snuck in. But you know what? How can you hate on the Bills breaking a 17-year drought? I mean, you'd have to just be a, a horrible person to think that, hey – you know, screw, screw football. Let's just, let's just spectate the glory that is Buffalo. Finally making the playoffs, even as a Patriots lover, I can appreciate the Bills entering the postseason. Um, yeah, I think if if you root against
1: a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in twenty years, like what's wrong with you? Like, right.
0: Come on, Yankees fan. Like, it's like what? it's like rooting for the Browns not to win games. It's like no, anytime I watch a Browns game, I'm always going to be rooting for the Browns to win because hey, it's fun to watch an upset. The Bills made it to the playoffs. Plus, how can you not want to see Bills Mafia in playoff form? You just know there's going to be a video of some fan like backflipping off of a car into a burning table shirtless and then stands up and shotguns a beer while everyone starts goes crazy. In a speedo and one of those goofy little hats that like ties
1: around oh, your 100%. Like head like Oh, I, I am really excited for Buffalo. I mean, I don't care about them other than like, it's so terrible to have a team that has had so much disappointment in their history. And right. as a Houston sports fan, I get that, man. I want bad teams to have success so that you can at least have that one t-shirt that's like champs 08. The and then for 20 years, you wear that same t-shirt to work on casual Friday <laughs> every day. Yeah. I want that to happen. I'm glad that the Bills are in the playoffs, and and I like this. So I've got Buffalo 12, Jaguars 10, and a real stinker. Whoa! The Bills pull off the upset in Jacksonville. So all year I've been riding the Jags are not good Mm -hmm. train. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have to put some caveats in there. By the Jags aren't good, their defense is good. Their defense is – they're not lucky good. They've got A.J. Boyer and – What's his name? The absolute, yeah. And, you know, the all-star for like the next pro bowl, next greatest cornerback ever, right? That guy, their (laughs) defense is, is just unbelievable. But what I think is going to happen this game for no reason other than I wrote this at work on my lunch break. And I thought this was interesting (laughs) is that Buffalo knows all they have to do is shut down Leonard Fournette. Blake Bortles is a disaster waiting to happen. The NFL knows it. And even if the Jaguars win two playoff games, they're going to gun for Eli next year and start him over Blake Bortles because Blake Bortles is not good at football. So uh, the Jags have to run. Bills are going to sell out. And I think Shady McCoy comes in off of the questionable ankle industry injury and just absolutely dominates this game the only difference is really Tyrod taylor is a little bit better than blake portals and that gives us our 12 to 10 and my two hot predictions for this game are i just want to point either. out first that you oh. think
0: fake ankle injuries is a whole industry i like that i like oh, that yeah. you've you've called out the industry of fake in- ankle injuries that's good it's it's a good thing to put on notice
1: i mean it's like bitcoin you should have got in it <laughs> nine months ago. There. <laughs> and
0: now you're good and now you're good
1: fake ankle injuries so i've got Blake Bortles throws two picks and why I think this is interesting is because I'm limiting him to two. To two only two picks. Right. Or McCoy plays and tops 150 scrimmage yards on his fake angle injury.
0: I'll take, I'll take the, I'll take the McCoy plays a hundred does 150 scrimmage yards on his fake ankle injury on his industry. Um, I just, I, I know what you're saying about the fact that like, The Bills need to sell out on the run, stop Leonard Fournette, and really just force Blake Bortles to win this game. However, I think that's true for the offensive side. But one of the things that's made the Jaguars' defense so potent this year is that they score is that they not only turn you over, but then they turn they turn those turnovers into points. And I just can't wait to see this Jags defense in the playoffs because elite defenses, and if this is truly an elite defense, elite defenses always seem to take that next step towards playoff time, right? And the Seahawks' major run, the Legion of Boom, would just be unstoppable in the playoffs. When the Broncos... <clears throat> Made their trip to the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. Um, Von Miller was a one man wrecking crew. A keep to leaving Chris Harris were just shut down corners that no one could move the ball on. So I think this Jags defense is going to take that next step. And it is just going to, Jalen Ramsey is just going to be spitting so much shit to all of the receivers on Buffalo, that it's going to be a beautiful hellstorm to witness. So my beer bet is, is that not only will the Jaguars turn over the bills, but they will turn one of those turnovers into points. It'll be a pick six or a fumble return for a touchdown. The Jaguars defense will score on their own in order to give the Jags the win.
1: Yeah, I'll take that. I like it. Um, and I, I, <laughs> I feel a little bit childish listening to your whole talk about the Jags because the whole time I'm like, "That's a good point. That's a good point." point." I'm like, "No, it's the Jaguar. No, no, it's the Jaguar.
0: It's the Jaguar." Which I totally understand. Like, and I guess I think that's my feeling too with the Bills. Is it's like. I mean these are teams that we both have spent so much time watching and we know so well and their DNA of failed establishments is so a part of them that it's very hard to look past it. I just don't trust the Bills to be able to pull off the upset in Jacksonville just like you don't trust the Jaguars to be able to get their shit together to win the playoff game. I think this is a collabor this is a yep. combination of like the two bottom feeders of our respective divisions. This is a classic somebody's got to win. Someone's yes. got to win. Yeah. Let's move on to a division, the final game of the weekend in the wild card in another NFC South rival battle matchup of death. Just the crouton
1: a, on the salad. The
0: crouton. On, I like that. I like that because it's much better than the cherry on the cake or yeah. the cherry on the Sunday because it's healthy. And bread is so much better than salad. And bread is so much better than salad. Um, Well, this is great news for the Panthers that they get to see another. Well, first of all, that they're in the playoffs, even that they that they got into it. And that they get to see the Saints yet again. Um, you have to be worried about Cam Newton as how he's been playing, how he's been passing the ball, I should say, uh, heading into the postseason. Over the last six weeks, the last six weeks of the season, he only threw over 200 yards once, um, which doesn't exactly instill a whole lot of confidence when you're going up against Saints defense that, yes, maybe peaked early, but still has a heck of a lot of talent on there in order to turn over the football and kind of make plays on the uh, on the defensive end. So, you know, I, I think the Panthers are are a lot of they handled their business and they got into the playoffs. Good for them. I don't think that they're going to have a long stretch in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. So I, I think this one is going to be close and I'm glad it's the finale because it's clearly, to my mind, the best game that we have on the docket. On this one, I'm calling Panthers 24, Saints 27. I've got finally a game to care about in all caps. Um,
0: <laughs> That's so- a pre-show notes right there.
1: Yeah, so I'm really interested to see a lot of things. And, and you mentioned one of them with uh, Cam Newton kind of carrying this team, but not doing it traditionally. He's finding a way to get it done. Uh, and you got to give him credit for that. But for all of those folks that say you never spend early real NFL draft capital on a running back, we've got Christian McCaffrey, who was drafted, what, nine overall? Nine. Yep. Against Alvin Kamara, who is.
0: Arguably the number one hundred one fantasy asset next year. Alvin Kamara had is at the end of the season averaged six yards per touch on rushing with over a hundred touches and ten yards per touch through the air with over eighty cut catches, I believe. The yeah. dude is hands down offensive rookie of the year.
1: Just absolutely bananas. I'm with you now that we've seen how everything has gone. Even though I'm a huge Kareem Hunt supporter, I think what you do later in the year. Matters. Yeah. More. It's what people remember. Um, and so of course, you know, hunt's going to have 250 all purpose yards and Camaro's going to get 60. And I'm going to But Anyway, that's a, that's a discussion for next week's podcast.
0: Exactly. Um, where we so talk about MVP race.
1: I think the saints win the third time against the Panthers because I just don't think that the Panthers have enough offense. Uh, and the saints have just, they're really dynamic on offense without having to rely on drew Brees, who. You needed to not rely on a quarterback, but then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter say, Hey, I need you to give me two
0: touchdowns. Who I mean would you want? Right. It's uh-huh. it this is this is the and I I I part of me feels like the Saints just kind of lucked into this offensive construction. And if they didn't, like, hey, power to you for like knowing what you're getting in Alvin Kamara and, and always knowing that Mark has been amazing. But this is exactly how you extend the Super Bowl window with an veteran aging quarterback is that you give him such a potent rushing attack that defenses have to worry about that like you said like yeah if it's a close game in the fourth quarter suddenly people remember like oh shit they have drew Brees passing the ball to michael thomas who somehow ended the season with over 1200 yards receiving like quietly having one of the most productive wide receiver season you know productions of the year so I had Michael Thomas and played him all year. This was the most
1: disappointing 1,200 yards right? I've ever it's seen. It's absurd. I questioned starting him all year and just didn't have anybody else and then looked up and I was like, oh shit, no, that was like actually a He's good He like, He actually had
0: like one of the top five yeah. seasons of, of the NFL this year. So
1: I'm with you. And to give Cam credit, he is also, I mean, if I had to have a quarterback get me a touchdown at the end of the game with a minute and a half, Fair. I mean, my Personal thoughts of Cam Newton aside, like he is a baller and right. he can get you there. And he talk about doing it with bubble gum and duct tape. He does not have much help no. on the offense. He's got Greg Olson. And that's about and, it. I mean, like some okay players, but Devin Funches as your one, like really kind of retards your offense. Like, right. You can put your worst corner on Funchess and then roll. Cover. There's just so many things you can do against an anemic offense like this. And so my bold predictions are the the Saints win, and I've got uh, Cam rushes for over a hundred yards and throws for under a hundred and fifty.
0: That's literally what my bold prediction. My one of okay. mine is Cam continues poor passing performance, that has more rushing yards than passing yards. All right, I like it. And then I've got Kamara and Ingram there.
1: both score again. Okay, that's my mild take. Yep, yep. And then I've got Drew Brees wins, but throws for less than two hundred and fifty yards.
0: Ooh. I like that sauce I'm gonna take that I'm putting a beer on that I think Drew Brees I think the Saints do win but I could see Brees I could see Brees flirting with that 200 yard line and then if it's a close game him just like putting together a you know a Hall of Fame quarterback performance where he just leads the Saints down the field and gets them the touchdown they need
1: I like it we got six we got six bets we got some good good breakdowns hopefully we'll see
0: We'll see how they go. And we'll make sure to uh once this once we publish this tomorrow, we'll tweet out all of the bets so that you can then keep because I know you'll want to write them down and keep track of them yourself during the whole uh during the whole wild card weekend. All of our all of our listeners. You can you start
1: a pool with your work buddies?
0: Who's better? Exactly. Who's prettier? Yeah. Parker Pete. There's a lot of things that you can you can make uh beers on off of us. Um <laughs> excellent well make sure you enjoy the wildcard weekend everyone uh you know if your team is in the playoffs congratulations if not um also congratulations if you won fantasy leagues oh yeah good work everybody we're like, we're like 45 minutes into the podcast fantasy football podcast hey good shit everyone if you if you uh managed to be victorious this year and I if you not. lost that's just because fantasy football is bullshit it's so stupid yeah
1: if you lost that's just it's variants and oh they went runner runner queen queen on you
0: when you yeah this is your are it's just dumb it's a dumb thing that we get ourselves in, invested into um we'll be back at you next week we're just i think we're probably going to just roll out one podcast a week from here on out if we're feeling really spicy and we really have lots to talk about maybe we'll pop out too but since you know there's not not a lot going on, we'll probably just start rolling out one a week. Um, make sure to follow us at RB One Podcast. Follow myself at EM Rogers Clark at Cl- NFL Clark. Um, we are the podcast for the porn Pornbots. Uh, we will spot- talk to you next week. Enjoy Wildcard Weekend. I am here for the Jaguars victorious, and I'm here for the Rams win. I am ready for this. Let's do it. Uh, we'll talk to you guys. Next week. Peace. Adios.
1: And I had to piss like a fucking racehorse. So Peace. good work, Pete. Right. Adios. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> yeah, buddy.